Hi, it's Carol Ebert again, and I've been thinking that I should share some of the reasons why networking with other people is a good idea. And I see it as a good idea for whether you're in a business or not, for sure you want to network, or you're just wanting to grow your influence out there with people, have more people that you can rely on for support and communication and fun. Networking is a real key to creating a community. And we love community because community builds immunity. So let's look at some of the key things of why networking is so important. And I framed it as the word networking. So each letter is gonna have one key element and I'm gonna share that with you. So let's start with N, N of networking. N is all about making new connections that you want to have in your world, whether it be business or personal. And so making new connections is, it, and you know what? I see it as, this is fun. I get to meet new people and I might have some common interests and we might either be good friends and do things together or we might be in business together. So new connections is key. And that's because networking allows that to happen. So for you, who can you reach out to that um, you'd like to know? or that you'd like to work with, or that you, you just feel like you have commonalities and would like to see what happens. So N in networking is new connections. Let's move to the E. E is enlightenment. You know, when you start meeting new people, you never know how that's going to affect you and enlighten you, whether it be what they're doing, what their beliefs are, what they do for fun, all kinds of enlightenment can happen when you meet new people. So what is the question that you could ask to others to try to get more information from them that might enlighten you? The next letter in networking is trust. This happens when you with, connect with people on a regular basis. You start trusting them. Now, I can give you an example of that. I am in a networking group that I've been in for good five years at least. And uh, because of that time that we've been together and now know each other pretty well and actually share, share business opportunities with each other, I trust them. And so that way, this trust that builds up means that if somebody's looking for something and I know one of my networking pals can deliver that service and I trust them because we've been together so long and I know the value of what they do, then I feel very confident in, in referring them to another person. So the T in networking is all about trust. Let's move to the W in networking, and that's about wisdom. And again, a lot like enlightenment, we can certainly, as we connect with new people and all, over and over again, we learn so much more about whatever is all about them or issues that get discussed. You become more wise just because of what you have gained from that relationship. 
So wisdom is the W in networking. And so what, and here's a question you might want to ask them to kind of get that conversation going would be, what challenges do you want that, or that you faced, I should say, that you've overcome? What a great question for a conversation. Find out what their challenges and their roadblocks have been when they've been trying to either grow a business or whatever they're doing. Um, And how did they manage and how did they change because of that? And look at the wisdom you gain from just that question. So our next letter is O for opportunities. Because when you are connecting and networking with people, opportunities happen. And that has happened for me, obviously, I have, because of the people that I've been with for so long, I have opportunities now because they might say, well, you know what, I'm working with a company that is looking for wellness, and then they, then I'm like, oh, that's me. And because we trust each other, they're very comfortable referring me to that company as a trusted source for their wellness uh, program or whatever they want with wellness. So when it comes to um, opportunities, here's a good question for you. How willing are you to continue seeking out new people until you find those people that you can trust and who could refer for you and you refer for them? So that is all about opportunities. So now let's go to the letter R in networking. And that's about rewards. You know, it is rewarding to be with people, to build community, to have new relationships. Such, I mean, we people need people. And what a reward that is to widen your sphere of more and more people and with diversity, with the, people who have different ideas than you do because we, don't want to get into that think tank portion where we're always with the same people that think the same because that is not going to help us grow. So the rewards come from being able to meet new people, be with them, learn about them, and you never know where that will lead. So think about for the rewards that you might provide, um, what gifts do you have that would help others? when you are around them? Are you sharing your gifts and giving them the reward of your time and your sharing? And what happens next is they may need your services or your partnership or just your relationship. Okay, let's do the K of networking. It's all about kindred spirits. When you start networking with others and you see the connection happen and you click, those are kindred kindred spirits. You're on the same wavelength. What a beautiful thing when that happens, isn't it? Um, and you know, my kindred spirit, because I have a creative brain, you know, I'm, I've got that kind of brain that just has ideas all the time and, and um, it's spontaneous and it jumps to this idea to the next idea. When I connect with another person who has a brain like mine, man, watch out. (laughs) 
because we start making up things and wanting to do things and dreaming about things because that's the way our brain operates and that's a kindred spirit. That's my favorite kind of person to be around because it's juice to the fire that I have for creativity. So that's the other thing that can happen when you're networking. You may meet a kindred spirit that just jumpstarts something that you've always wanted to do, and they are like, yeah, we could do that. And pretty soon you got a partner. How cool is that? So that's something to think about, and that's the K. Now we're, we're going to go to the I of networking, intimacy. Again, when you are networking and building relationships with people, it does become more intimate and you go deeper with the relationship. And that also is profound. I mean, I have certainly been in uh, networking groups where there, it, it always felt like there was a barrier. Well, like we never went to a certain uh, emotional level in that group, it was all kind of really surface. And for me, that is not, I mean, I think it's good. That kind of networking group is, is helpful. For me, I need to go deeper than that. And so that intimacy is important for me because I really want to know people deeper because then I know I can support them better. And so that is an interesting, um, it, it's just a, a different level of networking. And, and again, you choose what level that you wish to have. And you know, there are times when a networking group, you want to keep it superficial because you're there for business. We've got this, we want to accomplish this. We want to introduce ourselves. This is who we are. This is what we do. And then you say next. So at least people know who is doing what. But I, with my five year plus networking group that I've been around a long time, we go deep. And I love that. And that's why we end up having more fun at the end of the meeting. Then we hang around and just have fun together. So that's, that, that's the beauty of networking is you sometimes get to that intimate, intimate level. So that's something for you to think about. Um, what, what level of networking do you wish to find and work through? Um, and that would be, you know, could be both for sure. I have both actually. Okay, now we're going to the N, which is non-judgment. And that's another thing that I have also worked on myself, is it's an opportunity for me to not judge anybody. Um, and in fact, I learned that more from like a support group that I was in, is just the 100% acceptance of whoever is in that room. I'm here for the, and I appreciate that person and, and whatever, Whatever they say, I accept it. I don't judge it. Now that's that's a skill. It takes a lot of time to learn how to be non-judgmental. But I have found that if I network with other people and I can withhold judgment and just appreciate who they are and what they bring to the table, then I um, I can gain more from that person. But if I already put up that filter that says, ah, see. I don't even want to listen to that person because I don't like the dress she's wearing or whatever. Something stupid like that. Uh, no, that is not helpful for me when I'm networking. So I really do my best, and it's a challenge, it is a challenge, to withhold judgment and just appreciate what they bring to the table. And that would be something that you would want to consider in yourself. Because, you know, when we judge, prejudge, 
We might have missed the most awesome person in the world because we made up our mind that, oh, I don't think so. And there was no opportunity to go deeper and find out what who this person really is. And then our last letter in the word networking is G. And for me, networking means great things can happen. Great people get together and make things happen. And it may be nothing more than community is built and you love each other and you share with each other and it's a grand experience. Great things can happen when you network. So I hope that these were useful tips for you. Remember, networking is powerful, whether you're in business and you're using it as a vehicle to get customers or clients, or if you're building a community because of perhaps um, a community that you're a part of that wants to do things together for the greater good for perhaps through an organization, or you're networking because you just want more friends. It is a beautiful thing. And there are ways to do it. And some, if you, if you approach it with a positive nature and you have a mission for it, it can be the best way to uh, fuel yourself, fuel your business, fuel your organization, and just fuel the world by increasing um, and improving our relationships with others. So I hope these tips were useful. If you uh, need some more ideas about networking in business, I do have a wellness business. I would love to network with you and find out what you're up to. And maybe we could find some commonality in what we're doing and could you never know where that leads, right? So thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time. It's Carol Ebert again, and we're talking about optimal health today. And isn't that something that we all desire? We all want to be as healthy and happy as we can be, but often we don't really know what is the correct pathway for that to happen. And I know that what's happening to a lot of us is we're so busy and we're so swept up in our lives and we aren't as healthy as we wish we could be. We're not eating as well as we should. We may have some chronic conditions now like high blood pressure, diabetes. We're taking medications and we're really not on the right path, are we? So what I'd like to do is introduce you to a path that can lead you toward optimal health. And that path is called functional medicine. Now, how did I figure that out? Well, I've been exposed to a lot of different ways of, of getting healthy and staying healthy because I've been involved in wellness for a long, long time. And I found that um, there was actually a path or perhaps a name for the direction I was taking, which is functional medicine. And I actually was uh, exposed to it in real time. I had an opportunity to go to a holistic healing center in Mexico, which was all functional medicine practitioners and using food as medicine. Now there's a concept, isn't it? Food as medicine. 
and adding in all of the health modalities of relaxation, uh, yoga, tai chi, uh, calmness, water therapy, saunas, all of those wonderful healing modalities were added in. And then also just learning, learning how to do these practices and how to get them, you know, um, scheduled into our busy lives. So I had a real time experience at this healing center to put it all into practice. And actually, once I left, I had been there for about a week. I could not believe how much better I felt. And literally, I was just eating healthy and relaxing and, and learning and being with healthy people and being in a healthy physical environment as well. So it was really an eye-opener for me. So I thought it would be useful, I think, to share with you how is it that the present healthcare system that we all know and use probably, how does that compare with functional medicine? What does that look like when we compare the two? And it allows you to take a, a real objective look at the both of them and say, which one might lead me down a path toward optimal health? So let's do that. Let's compare the features of each one because I want to help you make better decisions on what path might be working better for you. So in conventional medicine, it's all about disease. It's all about figuring out what's wrong with you and trying to give you tools to fix you. So it's disease-oriented. In functional medicine, it's health-oriented. It's trying to get you to a state of well-being and optimal health. So each of them have a different focal point. Again, which one are you more interested in, disease or health? All right, let's look on that at another one. Conventional medicine is doctor-centered. And in functional medicine, it's patient-centered. In functional medicine, they are looking at you, the person, and saying, what do we need to do to help this person get healthier? Okay? As opposed to, what can the doctor do to give you something to help you be better? All right, let's look at conventional medicine. Everyone is treated the same. You know, if you have a certain disease, then there's a certain protocol, and then that's what you get for your disease. So it's very, um, very focused on cookie cutter medicine, I call it. In functional medicine, it's all about the biochemical individuality of you. What is it that we need to do to support your particular system? So it's very individualized, okay? Now in conventional medicine, um, as I said, um, it, because it is so focused on disease, then it gets split up in, we call them silos, but they're into specialties. Like you might go to a heart specialist or a stomach specialist or a bone specialist. So it's, it's very much um, in these silos, different topical silos according to the condition you have. Now in functional medicine, it's all about the whole person. It's not like you go in and get your heart looked at. 
you go in and they look at you as a whole person, your entire system of all of your organs. So it's very holistic. Back to conventional medicine. I think you know this one. It's expensive, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Even with all the health insurance coverage, we still are paying for a lot of money for health care. So it is expensive. In functional medicine, very cost effective because they are individualizing everything to you and only specific needs are being addressed that are yours. So it's not that cookie cutter medicine again. Now in conventional medicine, the diagnosis is based on the symptoms that you have. Like if you have a fluttering heartbeat or if you have a headache or whatever symptoms you arrive with is how they diagnose you. Now, in functional medicine, they're going under the surface. They're looking at the underlying cause of the disease. Why do you have the disease in the first place? Let's find out. So they go deeper. In conventional medicine, they're all about early detection of disease. So they literally are looking for uh, early signs of disease before they do anything to help you. So they do a lot of screenings, early detection. In functional medicine, it's all about prevention. It's like, we're not waiting for signs to show up before we do something. We want to give you tools that will keep you healthy so that you perhaps won't develop the disease. And also, finally, in conventional medicine, everything is pretty high-tech, isn't it? Boy, you go in, in into a medical center and there's all kinds of equipment and machines and all kinds of tech. And in functional medicine, it's more about the touch. It's more about the personalization and talking to you as a human person and saying, how can we support you to get healthier than you are today? Very high-touch. So this is what we have to choose from today. We have the con conventional medicine, which most of us are using. In fact, probably everybody. But we also have another path, which is called functional medicine. And I think you can see the two differences. They, they are different from each other. Now, I am an advocate for both. I was a nurse. I started out in conventional medicine. However, I got frustrated because I wanted to help people prevent even having to go into the hospital. So I shifted into wellness, which is where I have been spending most of my career. And I've seen great results. In fact, I am my own laboratory. I follow a wellness lifestyle. I do all the healthy things to keep me from having to go into the hospital as a patient. So my choice is, Yes, I'm going to take the path of functional medicine path and wellness. But if something goes awry, like let's say I break my leg, well, I'm going to go into the healthcare system because they can fix that. So as you see, we need both. But right now we have we've overemphasized the the need to go into the healthcare system and of course that's why it's overburdened and it's having issues so this is up to you now you make the choice you decide how well
do I want to be? Can I achieve optimal health? Can I really, really get healthier? And you can. And I know I have done it myself. But you've got to make the choice. And you also have to consider that you're in charge of your health. A lot of us, and I blame the healthcare system truly for doing this, making us dependent on them. Oh, no, don't do that until you ask your doctor. Well, maybe that's not always the right answer. So I want you to think about you are in charge of your health. You're in charge of your life. You make your own decisions. You determine the path you want to take. And but you know what also that comes with when you come when you become an empowered patient, we call it, that requires that you learn about what's going on with your health and you find out what can I do on my own so that I don't continually say the doctor should decide for me. You decide and then your doctor is your partner and your functional medicine practitioner is your partner, but together the decision gets made. But again, you're the final decider. You're the perfect person who knows what your body and mind are all about and what works best for you. So you, yes, you too can have optimal health. It's in your hands. It's your choice. You have the power. And if you need more support with that, I mean, I have so much knowledge about this that if you're in a quandary and you're not sure, I don't know what I should do, I would love to support you with that. Just connect with me. Let's talk about it because I'm here for you. And I want you to be as healthy as you possibly can be. And I do have tools and tricks and ideas would love to share with you. So please, please connect. And I hope that was useful and we'll see you next time. Thank you.